This is At Risk Radio. Welcome to At Risk Radio. At Risk Radio is a show where we talk about leadership inside the church at risk. My name is Mark Stafford, and I'm the host of the show. I'm here with David Witt. David Witt is the CEO of SOM International. David, one thing we see all throughout Scripture is that the Scripture calls us to make a disciple and to be a disciple. And what I mean by that is that we need to, first of all, always be discipled by somebody else. And we see those examples with Jesus and his disciples or Paul and Timothy, but also that we're always trying to find somebody who we can bring along in the faith, that we have our own Timothy. That's an important part of what we like to call leadership multiplication, because ultimately, effective leaders are leaders who multiply themselves out many times. Yeah. And so in our global ambassadors training, uh, leadership training, one of the first things we show is that leaders multiply. I mean, that's a mark of leadership. And like all our shows, I like to bring up the global world to just flush out God's word and what he's doing and what he will do in God's people and, and through my experiences of travel. And so I was thinking as I was praying about today's podcast that the Lord brought to my mind was the interview I had with uh, Barnabas in the past who from India, and he's a church planner, and he was born uh, to a Hindu tribal uh, community. Um, all they knew was idolatry. Everything is a god in, in Hinduism, and you know they try to find the quote-unquote idols or gods that have the most power to help them prosper and not die and get sick and on and on. In this village, they had strong idol worship, and that's all he knew. And anything else was a looked like a, a threat. Barnabas shared how he hated Christians because he'd heard of them trying to turn people away from the gods of of India. And so one day, a Christian came to his village, and he saw him, and he got a stick and and uh, beat the Christian, the missionary or the you know church planner, technically, what, um, who would come to their their village, and he could tell as he as he chased him out of town that the church planner had great remorse and sadness of having to leave the village, and and that really impacted him. Like, wow, this guy really believes what he's saying. And just a few days later, then Barnabas got jaundice. Uh, it was a great pain, and and dealing with that, and, and desperate, and the village gave him natural herbs, and that didn't work. And then he remembered the missionary. Now the missionary had said, Jesus heals and saves. Hmm. And he really wanted to then talk to that missionary again because he was desperate now. Hmm. And sure enough, the missionary came back to the village. He saw him on the street and invited the missionary to his home this time. And the missionary, instead of treating him harshly for the way he had been treated, he smiled and he was friendly to Barnabas. And Barnabas then said, ask for forgiveness for chasing him out of town and abusing him. Hmm. And, the, and the church planner said, I forgive you, and don't worry, you've done nothing wrong in, in, before me. And then the church planner shared with him, once he heard about his sickness, that Jesus can heal you, and I pray for you, and he can not only heal you in your body, but he can heal you from your sins, what you've done against God, and give you a new heart. And the parents walked in right then, and again, his message was uh, simple. The parents heard it. God loves you and wants to heal your sickness, so you'll never be the same again. And uh, and so immediately the, the church plan laid his hands on him and prayed, and, and he felt something change uh, instantly. And he said it wasn't all the sickness, hmm. but there was a new spirit in him. And he and the church plan said it would be from the inside out. And one of the first things he saw that he wasn't didn't have pain and his uh, urine changed, and he began to feel better, and he had this new joy and freedom. And so he began to grow in the Lord, began to share it with others. His parents at first rejected him because rejecting Hinduism, they didn't want him to— received that message. Other villages rejected him, and he was sharing Christ with whoever he could. He was even beaten with a stick from some of the villagers. 
He was uh, chased out of his own village, so he suffered persecution for it, but he was able to relocate, and he was suffering difficulty. So he prayed about finding more training in church planning and how to share the Lord, and that's how he connected with our network over there. And he had graduated just a year before Mark, and during that time, he had started four house churches, all 15 to 20. He was you know, serving about 60 to 70 believers in just that one year since being trained. And, and so there, you know, I saw the fruit of a man who had to grow in the Lord, obviously went through difficult times, but he was immediately multiplying his desire, sharing the Lord with others. And uh, and God had blessed that with, you know, nearly up to 70 souls in just 12 months of uh, faithfulness of serving the Lord. And, and, and I think that just mm. uh, so much is the heart of God that we multiply his kingdom. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is the scripture we shared a couple episodes ago where it says that, uh, you know, we're heirs with God, we're fellow heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with him, oh, yeah. that we may also be glorified with yeah. him. And I think about that church planter. I mean, what what an incredible story that yeah. he walks into this village and immediately faces persecution. I mean, not just like persecution like we have as Americans, but real persecution. He gets beaten with a stick driven out and is sad um i have to say i might just be selfish enough to where somebody drove me out of town i'd be like well good riddance but then he goes back again and and tries again and this man barnabas gives his life to christ and leads 70 other people to christ what an incredible story of leadership multiplication I like it. You pick up how the again the, the church planner who first came to Barnabas suffered for the gospel right. and and was multiplying and they, and then of course Barnabas got the same seed. It's the seed of Christ. When we're, our nature's changed, we can't help but share Christ. We can't help but multiply it. The suffering shows us that we're true children. I think of the four soils. Only one of the soils is good soil. And how does it show it's good soil? It multiplies. Right. So that when we're tested and we suffer, and out of it comes the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the beauty of that is that we have confirmation that we're true children of God. Well, when we come back, we're going to dig into this topic a little bit deeper of what it means to multiply leaders. We'll be right back. At Risk Radio. Can you imagine trying to disciple a church with only one Bible? This is Mark Stafford from At Risk Radio, and our contacts in Venezuela are telling us incredible stories about people coming to know Jesus, all the while pastors are missing Bibles for their people. After receiving a Bible from our ministry, one man said with tears in his eyes, no one has ever given me such a beautiful gift. At Risk Radio, in our partnership with SOM International, is working to bring 2 million Bibles into Venezuela. For more information about how you can help, go to atriskradio.com. Welcome back to At Risk Radio. I'm online with David Witt. David, tell me this. We've been talking all about leadership multiplication. And my question is this. Is this something that we're just excited about because we tend to be in leadership in Christian circles? Or is this something that is really vital in the mind of God? Yeah, Mark, I think it's so important as disciples. Obviously, we need to discover what's important to God and make it important to us if we're going to grow in maturity of His image. So the first thing I always think about that I ask people often is, and I can ask you here, is what is the first commandment in the Bible? If you think about the first thing God commanded mankind, what comes to your mind? Well, you know, my mind would naturally go to some place in the Pentateuch about some some yeah. rule or law somewhere, maybe the Ten Commandments. Uh, but yep. but it might it might be earlier than that. I'm not sure. 
Yeah, so it's right out of the gate. Genesis 1. People want to check this out. We love it. The Bereans out there. Genesis 1. Yeah, Genesis 1. And uh, and let me just read it here for context. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now let people catch that because I'm going to let me make a, uh, talk about that a little bit. Okay. And let them have dominion. So let man and, and woman have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man his own image. In the image of God, he created them. So I hope everybody catches that. That's repeated. In Hebrew, that's important. Male and female, he created them, and he blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and uh, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on earth. So we that's literally the first commandment there. Be fruitful and multiply. Yeah, that, that's what you normally would see in that. You would say, well, be fruitful and multiply. Let's have children. Yeah. That's that's where people automatically go. But but I think you're inferring something different. Yeah, well, so that's why when people pick it up, the, the repetition here in the Hebrew is it for emphasis. And it repeats that God made it in, in his image and his likeness. So, you know, now the, the author of Scripture is inviting people to go, well, what does God look like? Uh, what is his image? What is his character? And as we go into the Word of God through it, we find that God is spirit. Mm. God is flesh through Christ. Uh, God's the Holy Spirit. So ultimately, if we're to be fruitful and multiply God, we have to the, the we have to multiply the essence of God, which includes his character, his nature, his reigning, his glory, all aspects. And yes, it includes the physical aspect of uh, procreation. But and, and God in that puts the soul of man. But um, but it's so much more than just the physical aspect of multiplication. It's the essence of a, a pure heart, a clean heart that reflects the majesty, the holiness of God. And when people catch that, they realize that's God's command. And it's out of the gate. That is a priority of a Jewish God. Uh, you know, and that's what Richard Wormbrand used to remind me. God came in all the tribes. He could have come in all the tribes. He picked the Jews because Richard Wormbrand was a Jew. And he said, because I'll tell you, I'm a Jew and I'll tell you why. Because we Jews, we're shrewd, we're frugal with our money. And we want to use it well. And you just always remember, you're in the pocket of a Jewish God and he's going to spend you well. <laughs> you know, I think there, the point is made that God really desires to live in us, but he desires to multiply and share in his glory. As we talked about some of the other podcasts to, to for people to know him. And that is our job as children of God. I remember hearing, I, I want to say it was John Piper said this, and I'm going to butcher his quote, but he said something to the effect of God isn't looking for more people. He's looking for more worshipers. And ultimately yeah. he's looking for people who will reflect his glory and will go to him in worship. So with that being said, David, it gets back to leadership multiplication. How do we see this continue to unfold in Scripture, this idea of leadership multiplication? Yeah, Mark, well, think about it. How many stories right now, if you can think about it, how many stories of God in the Word of God are com God commanding multiplication or God demonstrating 
multiplication? Well, there's a there's a number of them. Uh, we got uh, you know, a number of illustrations about sowing seeds, and we have illustrations about there being schools for prophets. We yeah. have disciples of multiple different leaders throughout the scripture. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of examples, and I'm sure that there's more that I can think of right off the top of my head. Well, I even think of even the book of Job, you know, at the end, uh, what happens when God blesses them? God greatly multiplies it again, his children, his crops, even more than before. So, I mean, constantly God equates his blessing with multiplication. Mm. And, and, you know, even in the natural, a farmer values a crop uh, because it multiplies. Well, a farmer values a cow because it, it, it has good good calves. Um, and, 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 you know, some of the other ones we see in the New Testament, the, ta- the parable of the talents, mm. those who multiplied five talents, three talents, and then the one who didn't was rebuked That's right. uh, for that. The mustard seed, it was just the smallest of all things, but grew to be the biggest tree, you know, I mean, uh, in, in the garden. So that was health. So we go on and on. I, you know, one of them that I, I think it'd be good to highlight here is from Luke 13. Jesus tells this parable, a man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the vine dresser, look, for three years now, I've been seeking fruit on this fig tree and I find none. Cut it down. Why should I use up this ground? And then uh, and he answered, the, the, the vine keeper answered, sir, let it be alone this year alone. One more year. Until, and let me dig around it and put manure, you know, fertilizer there. And then if it should bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you could cut it down. And man, you know, there, there's a picture, of course, of God being the, the, um, the owner of the vineyard, the church there being the man that planted the vineyard. And God demands there that there be a fruit. I mean, the fig tree is one of the pictures of Israel. And God demands that there be fruit from his, from his people, God's people. And ultimately, there's a judgment day coming. And that judgment be, will be for the fruit of, of righteousness given for God. And, and so I think we have to be sober-minded about the priority that God gives to us as a church. Well, and I think that it's natural that if a tree is a fruit tree, that it bears fruit. And that'd be evidence that it's a fruit tree. And so as, as believers, it would be natural that we bear those fruits that are in line with our salvation, with a, in line with our new identity with Christ, if that's who we truly are. Well... We're at the end of the episode again, uh, David. So I want to remind our listeners about a couple of things. First of all, if you enjoy this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe and then you'll be kept up to date with whatever the latest episode is that we're releasing. We're trying to release these on a fairly regular basis. If you want to get involved in the church at risk, if you really want to be involved in helping leaders all over the globe, then there's a couple of ways you can do that. First of all, you can go to Spirit of Martyrdom and there's a number of opportunities where you can give and give a literal financial support to some of the projects that we have going on. Some of these church leaders need things like Bibles. Uh, some of them need sewing machines. Some of them need bicycles so they can go out and literally reach many, many more villages and be able to multiply many more leaders just because they have a simple tool like a $100 bicycle. All those kind of things are sitting at spiritofmartyrdom.com. You've been listening to At Risk Radio. For more, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio is a production of SOM International.